men, and we need it ourselves as well. Anyway, enough of me. I'm now just going to introduce Pastor Helen, who's leading this team. Christmas. Um, just want to say thank you uh, for having us here um, and hosting us and it's always a pleasure and a real honour to come back um, and serve the community and be a part of church here. And, um, but we have had, uh, so we're Church Unlimited uh, from down in Auckland and the city and they send their love, Pastor Tark and your greetings. Uh, but we've had such a blast these last four days. We've been, we arrived on Wednesday, Wednesday night. Actually, it took us eight hours from Auckland to get here. Right, eight hours. Who didn't check their maps before we came? I didn't check the maps. Anyway, we all came. It took us about six to eight hours, uh, but it was a great trip. Anyway, we're in, in the Christmas spirit. Uh, so we got here safely. So we've been here three days, or oh, four days, um, and God has been doing some cool things. Uh, so we have been coming here for the last three years. Um, how many of you know that when you, it takes time to sow into good things? And these last three years we have sown, we've come and shown love, and we've just, um, I don't know, been so light in the community and loved on Kaitai City, and God has turned up massively. So um, we're having an awesome time, thank you so much. So I'm going to do things a little bit different this morning. I'm just going to share briefly about what our team has been up to, and then I'm going to invite the beautiful, uh, one of our girls, Kylie is going to share a testimony. Yes, Kylie. And then we're going to get into the Word. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, this morning that we could come the last Sunday of the year, Lord God, to worship you, Jesus, to come together as a family, Lord, to lift up your name in this city, Lord, in our own lives, to give thanks for a great 2017, Lord, and to be um, expectant of what you want to say to us for 2018, God, and for our own lives and our families, Lord. God, we just press into you this morning. We thank you that you're here with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Alright, so I'm not going to be long, so um, we are a team of 45 strong, and the heart, what was it? <laughs> there's 45 of us, there's 45, 45 of us, and our vision and our mission really is quite simple on this mission trip, and it really is to love God and love people, and um, Matthew 22, verse 37, it says the greatest commandment, to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And hashtag goals. If that is not goals, I don't know what is. It's to love God and to love other people. Um, and it's because of his, because he first loved us, is why we've come up here to Kaitai. It's because of his great love for us, regardless of who we are, where we come from, um, that it stirs us up, stirs us up to go out to the community and tell people about Jesus. And God didn't say, oh, I love you, Pastor Paul, I love you, Ivan, I love you, Carolyn, I love you, Frank. No, God demonstrated his love. Yes, Margaret. <laughs> God demonstrated his love for Frank by going on the cross and dying for him and dying for you and me. Have you ever seen, and I was sitting about it, and I was thinking about it this morning on my bed, and I was like, man, God, that's what you call reckless love that you would give the, the one thing that you love the most for mankind, that you would send your only son, Jesus, to die on the cross because we're sinners so that we have a relationship with God. 
that is a love that is undeserving, and yet a love of the Father. So at the end of this year, our Limitless Youth did a series called Lovers Action. And uh, we were stirred to be authentic in our love for God and love for people. And um, we wanted to be the, the church outside the four walls. So we're not just Christians that say, oh, I love God and I love people, but do nothing about it. We wanted to demonstrate that love through our actions and small and everyday things. And the fact that we do small and everyday things means that everybody can do it. We can all become and we can all grow to love God more and become more like Him. Is that right? Amen. So we challenged ourselves to be more generous um, with our words, to be more generous with our time, to be more generous with our finances, but also to love through showing acts of kindness. Um, and it was, it's the simple things that speak volumes to people around us. How many of you know if you're a parent, when your teenager says, man, I'm going to vacuum the house, mum, for you, I'm going to do the dishes. Hallelujah! It's the small things and the everyday things. When you show acts of kindness, people see the love of God. Whether it's giving somebody a drink, or getting some flowers for somebody, or hugging somebody, or texting somebody an encouragement to say, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, whether it's inviting somebody to church or giving somebody a ride to work, all of those things, whether big or small, um, is putting our love for God and our love for people into action. In James 2, 17, faith without works is dead. And so our, for, for our missions, it was really, uh, for our missions trip, it was really important for us to show God's love in a really relevant, in a creative, and a practical way. So as I said, this was our third year of doing missions here in Kaitaia, and we had stepped out of our comfort zones. We set aside time, and you know, we could go and be on holiday anywhere else, but these young people have said, man, I want to go and tell people about Jesus. And because we have done that, we have seen the power of God. We have seen the favor of God as we've stepped. Most of us are like, oh my gosh, God, I don't, uh, I'm scared to go tell people about Jesus. But the fact that we've stepped out and done something small, God honors them. So um, I'm just going to give you a snapshot of what's happened in the last three days that we've done, um, done the program across the three sites. So we've been at uh, Hokorda, at Wagner Holiday Park, we've been at Whadafifi, uh, Holiday Top 10 Holiday Park, and we've been at uh, Top 10, Top 10. And we've been at Kaitaia City at the Garrett's Holiday Park, just down the road. So this is what God has done. This is what God has done. We have seen 188 kids turn up to our kids' program, with 26 making salvation decisions. We have seen 326 families and young people join our families' program. So we have done MasterChef pancake competitions, sandcastle competitions, trivia nights, treasure hunts, sports programs, superhero nights. We've seen that many people turn up on our beaches and all over the place hearing about the love of God. We've given away 300 free sausage sizzles at our barbecues. Um, our team have visited 40 elderly residents here at the West Home just up the road here, many of them experiencing loneliness. But because, young, because we've stepped out and spent time with them, just an hour, they feel the love of God. Yeah. We have given out 700 flyers invitations to church. I love this. We've gone around mail drops, done big massive mail drops, we've talked to people on the streets, we've handed out um, at the barbecues, we've done street witnessing, and we've had countless of opportunities to pray for people, to talk to people about Jesus, and to 
hug and smile and love on people. If that is not the goodness and the favor and the blessing of God, what is? Why don't we put our hands together for Jesus? And this afternoon we are doing Love the City, where um, our team are going to, we've got a whole bunch of, uh, we're going to show God's love. Um, and bless our local community. We're going to go to the local police station, the fire brigade, people on the streets, and we're just going to love bomb them, as in show people. We're going to give them gifts, and through whether it's a small, whether it's a smile or a note of encouragement, a handshake or chocolates, we believe that through these small actions, they're going to encounter God's love. So we are thankful for what God is doing on missions, and we still have two more days to go. That's only been three days. So, but our greatest joy. Um, while stepping out, okay, I'm going to cry, I know it. Is that as we are on missions and reaching people for Jesus, God is faithful to pour back into our own lives. And um, the heart of, I don't know, I get super blessed when I see young people take time out and go, man, I'm going to press into you, God, I'm scared as to go and tell people about Jesus. But God is like, give you one week of my life, my summer, God. I pray that as I go out that you pour back in. And I've had, me and my husband have had the honor and the privilege of going around to these teens and seeing them just um, not only step out of their comfort zone, but encounter God. And um, they've had some tremendous encounters in their own personal times, in their devotions, as they learn to grow in the Word of God and to pray. And so right now, I'm, it's my privilege to invite Kylie. She's going to tell witnessing, like just going to random people and sharing my faith, which I was really nervous about, um, but I really found that during this time that showing God's love, sharing our faith is not just about words, but it's about it's about words, it's about um, just being kind and you know, loving God, loving people, um, and that's that's really what it's all about, so I've really found that, that as I've, I've gone and as I've talked um, to so many people about God, but as I've also just been friends with the kids, you know, being um, just there for them to play with, for them to um, just have a good time, and I really found that God has really poured His love into everything we've done. He's done abundantly more than all that I I could ever ask or imagine. I um, so missions has really changed me. It's um, it's really grown me as I've started to understand just how blessed we are. Um, with God's love, you know, how much he loved us, he sent his only begotten son, and, and just how his love is unconditional, it's for absolutely everybody, nobody is left out, and so um, i just been so blessed to be able to share this love with others, um, verse in Ephesians 3, verse 7, and it says, by God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. And it truly is a privilege because I know um, it's it's amazing no matter what age you are. I'm just 15. I'm one of the youngest, but um, but no matter what age you are, you can make such a huge difference to, to somebody's life by just sharing God's love and by 
by being who he's called you to be. And I found um, that as I've, as I've gone on missions, I've started to become more open to God using me. And I found that you know God won't use you unless you let him. His calling for you is greater than anything that you might um, plan for yourself. And you know, I really want to find out God's plan for me, and because I know He's got plans to prosper every single one of us, and and that I can be a blessing to Him as well as to other people, and that's that's amazing because He's blessed me so much. Um, so yeah, I've just learned to let God lead a bit more, even when I'm afraid. <laughs> um, it's been just really awesome to be also around around others who know God and who have been sharing their faith in everything they do as well. So um, I've been blessed to be in the Wagner team, and I've grown such awesome friendships with people I never would have talked to before. But um, it's been so encouraging to just to see how they face their fears as well, and know that that God is, you know, He's for us every step of the way, and He will help us through anything that He's called us to do. Um, so there's a verse in Philemon 17 that says, "Their kindness has refreshed the." the hearts of God's people. And I know um, just seeing God's kindness and through his people, through all of us, has really refreshed my heart as well. Um, so missions has been a time of just getting clo- getting closer to God and getting closer to people. And I really found that, that loving God and loving people is, is just a, the most amazing calling that we could ever have. Yeah.
over the last three days. But uh, we're going to come to the Word. It is my honour to uh, invite up Timmy, who's going to share the Word this morning. Hey church, good morning. Hello, hello. As um, Pastor Helen said, Pastor Helen said, my name is Tilly, and um, I am one of the youth leaders here at church in the West Campus, our West Auckland Campus, and I'm 29 years old, and two weeks ago I recently got, got engaged to uh, Melissa. Uh, she's not here, but she's praying for me, she's good. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here, to have this opportunity to, um, to be on this pulpit and to um, encourage our brother church, our brother campus here at Kaitaia, um, to give a word that will encourage you. I believe this word is for you. I believe this word is for our church and for God's will on your life. So um, the verse I want to talk about uh, this morning is probably the most memorized verse ever. It's probably the most used, um, the wild, most well-known, the most plagiarized verse in the entire scripture. Uh, they say that this verse is the gospel in a nutshell. They say that this verse, if you take away the entire Bible and you just have just this one verse, you have enough to save the world. So, the verse um, is found in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. There we go. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. And as I was reading this verse, this is my life verse, this is my favorite verse. As I was reading this verse, God said, use the first eight words. He highlighted the first eight words for me. So I said, sweet God, I'll use the first eight words. For God so loved the world, He gave. And so I want to elaborate more on these eight words, just these first eight words, and then we'll go from there. For God, this God that we serve, the Creator, omnipotent, omniscient, everlasting to everlasting, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Creator of the whole universe, God that holds the world in His hand, this God that we serve, that painted the sky blue and the clouds white, the uncaused first cause, the unmoved mover, the thought behind the thinker, the thinker and the thoughts, this God that we serve, if it wasn't for God, I would not be here this morning. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here this morning. If it wasn't for God, this world would have no hope. If it wasn't for God, this world has no life, has no love. For God, so loved. And as I was reading the word, I said, hmm, why does he have the word so could be just for God loved. But he added the word up there just to show you how much he loved you. You can't measure the word so. The length, the width, the height, the depth of so. For God so loved. That must mean that there is a vast volume of love towards you. For God so loved you. That must mean that he, you can't even measure how much God loves you. For God so loved the world. And I paused. And I said to myself, are you sure, God? Are you sure you love this world? <coughs> I paused and I was, 
this world? Are you sure about it that you love this world? Six billion people in this world, and most of them don't even like you, God. Most of them are worshipping other gods, and they worship other people, and they worship other celebrities. Some of them even worship animals. They don't even worship you, God. Are you sure you love this world? We've gone so far away from you. We've rejected you, God. People killing people. There's hatred and lust and greed everywhere. Are you sure you love this world, God? Yes. It's clear as day. The Lord said, yes. For God so loved the world he gave to this world. So undeserving of his love. I'm so undeserving, so unworthy of his love. Yet he gave. I'm still baffled every time I think of this verse. Why? Why do you give to such a world that doesn't even like you? The greatest gift anyone could ever give. This is God we're talking about. He could have given the planet, the stars, the galaxy, solar stars. But he gave his most precious gift, the most valuable gift that he had, his son Jesus. He gave his son for us so that maybe one day you will receive him as your Lord and Savior. For God so loved this world, he gave. The world doesn't deserve it, I don't deserve it. And I want us to understand how much God loves this world. God loves this world. God loves the people in this world. And he shows us. And he shows us how much we should show the love of God to. But have we been doing that? He's given us the most valuable gift in Jesus. So that's the most valuable gift that we can give to others. But have we been doing this? Have we been sharing the love of God? Have we been telling people about the love of Christ? And how much God loves them? I believe that the hardest thing in the world right now is to see a soul get saved and be born again through faith in Jesus Christ. Bible studies, gathering people together. Man, that's great. I love it. I do it myself. But that's not their heart. Praise and worship. Man, I love praise and worship. It's awesome, but we do it every Sunday. We just praise and worship right here. That's not their heart. The hardest thing in the world that we live in right now is to go down the road and meet the guy smoking weed three, four times a week. Or to go down the corner and tell that girl in the corner that there's hope for her. Or to meet the rich guy that thinks he's too good for God and he has everything he doesn't need God. The hardest challenge for us as Christians is to see what happened in the early church. The gospel preached and multitudes turned to the Lord. That's what happened in the church. That's how the church in Antioch was founded. Acts chapter 11, verse 20 to 21. Certain men from Cyprus and Cyrene went there, and the hand of the Lord was upon them. And multitudes turned to the Lord. Imagine, no New Testament, no tracts, nothing to give out to the people. Roman Empire against them, the Jewish leaders' empires against them. Persecuted, on the run, and yet they turned the whole world upside down. No church buildings for 300 years. No Bible schools, no seminaries, no comfort. But they remember what the Lord told them, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The last words that Jesus said before you, 
that is the only antidote, only solution for the world's problems. And people rely on government and politicians to, to have all the answers, which just surprised me. Because Moses got given a law by God that didn't change one person. Through the law only comes the knowledge of sin, but it can't change anyone. Only Christ can change people. He is our light. So the Lord has entrusted us to spread the gospel. He's trusted you and I to spread the gospel so that other people that he died for can get saved and come through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so God has left us here. Once we got saved, we could have been beamed up into heaven. But there's a reason why you're still here. Why did he leave us here on earth? Pastor Helen was saved when she was 19 years old. And God could have said, okay, we got her. Let's bring her up into eternity so she can stay up here with me in the presence of God. But why is Pastor Helen still here? Angel says, no, bring her up, bring her up. Because she might sin and then fall away. Let's get her now, like she's safe right now, so let's get her. But God said, no. I'm going to leave Pastor Helen right here on earth. Because I have a plan and a purpose for Helen. I want Helen to tell more people about my love. I want Helen to tell more people about my son Jesus. Helen doesn't know this at the moment, but she's going to be a youth leader one day. And she's going to lead many people to the Lord. Amen. She doesn't know this one day, but she'll become a youth pastor. Hey! And she'll raise up an army of young people that are on fire for God. So I have an assignment for her. I'm going to leave her on earth. That is her purpose. That is her calling. Pastor Paul Lott say when you're 16 years old, I know he looks 15, but <laughs> he got saved when he's 16, so he do the math. I say, I have a plan for Paul. I'm not going to bring him up early. I'm going to leave him on earth. Paul doesn't know this, but I'm going to make him a pastor. And then guess what? I'm going to send him to the north. I'm going to send him to Kaitai. Because God loves Kaitai. And so Pastor Paul's going to go. Pastor Paul's going to tell those people about my love. He's going to tell that community about the love of God. That's the purpose and the calling of Pastor Paul. So we're left here to spread the gospel. Now let's talk about how we can do that. Don't say it can't be done, it can be done. For nothing is impossible with God. We serve an unlimited God, it's not unlimited. I don't care what's going on in the world right now. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for Jesus. The apostles preached in a time when everyone was against him. But they didn't complain about it. They could have stopped, but they said, no. Jesus told us what to do, so we'll do it. He said that if we do it, he will help us do it. And with that simple focus, they got such an incredible result. But why are more souls being saved? Why are more souls being won for the Lord? What does it take? What do we have to change? See, when I was in high school, I played basketball. Eight, ten minutes into the quarter, if I looked up at the score, and the score was 25 to 5, and we were losing, you know, the coach would come up, hey, time out, time out, everyone come in, and we'll come in, and boys, we're losing 25 to 5. No one lived with the sport, man, I don't receive that score, I don't receive that score, no, no, I don't receive it. No one lived with that thought, that's not faith, that's fantasy. But how are we going to change that? What are we going to do different? So we've got to wake up, church. And we need to address this the way Jesus would. 
the way Paul would, the way Peter would. First thing we need is you've got to want to win souls because you love people. The biggest requirement to win souls to Christ is that you love them and you want to see them come to faith and you don't see them as an enemy. The atheist, the Muslim, the friend that mocks Jesus, the family member that blasphemes God. We can't be angry with them, we have to love them and weep over them. Jesus wept over the city that was going to kill him. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh how I long to want to have you. I wanted you to come to me, but you wouldn't. But he was weeping. No matter how you live, Christ died for you, God loves you. Churches are filled with perfect people. Jesus ministered to everyone. He touched people with bare hands, he touched people with lepers all over them, which was unthinkable in those days. The early apostles preached the good news to everyone. Jew, then Gentile, male, female, young, old, it didn't matter. But you and I, do we see the world the way Jesus sees it? Do we feel what he feels? Are we held back by the cultural differences that we have? Are we held back by the stereotypes that we hold? Are we held back by the economic statuses that we see? You can't minister to people you don't love. And we need a new baptism of the love of God in our hearts. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You've got to have love. got to have proper motivation from God. You've got to see people the way God sees people. But after that, no new convert will come to Christ unless you preach the gospel. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The power is in the gospel, the good news of Jesus. It doesn't matter how dark the situation is. It doesn't matter how unreachable your family is. It doesn't matter if the community is rich or poor. The gospel has power. It will break through. But what gospel? Read every John chapter 3, verse 16, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 20. Study every sentence. That gospel. That's the one that has power. That's the one that they preached. Not the join our church gospel. Not the our denomination is better than yours gospel. Not the good works gospel. There's only one gospel of Jesus Christ. That gospel has power. But others don't want to hear about sin or repentance. So we'll just tell them that God loves them, they love reverse success one day, so they can come back next week. But that's not the gospel. You can't change the message. Other gospels is curse policies. Let there be a curse on those who preach a different gospel. There's only one gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't change the message. There's not one for this group and that group, and this race, and that race, and this ethnic group over here. There's only one gospel, you can't touch it, you can't change it. It has power in it. It cost God his son, how could you change it? Jesus died for sin, how could we not mention sin? But they don't want to hear about sin. Our job is not to give them what they want to hear. Our job is to give them what they need to hear. Love people, weep over people, but tell them the truth. You can't throw truth out the window for compromise. Jesus, that's our message. Jesus is the only one that can take away the sins of the world. Jesus is the only one that can take away my mistakes. He's the only one that can give us a fresh start. And he's the only one that can keep us. Yes, let's learn the Bible, but let's learn the truth as it is in Jesus. 
I don't care where you preach about in, in the Bible, you always got to go back to Jesus. Always to the new life in Jesus Christ. If you read the Old Testament, it always points to the new life in Jesus Christ. Christianity is more than just coming to a church service in the morning, on a Sunday morning. You're not called to just sit in a building on a Sunday morning. You're called for more. We need our churches, our youth to explode with God-blessed evangelism, reaching the lost. I want to see Jesus glorified. I want to see him lifted up. So we need to tell more people about him. We need to get out of this building and we need to reach out more because God loves us, this community in Qatar. And so he sent us to be here for this city, for this community. If I could have the musicians, please. Let's help everybody, let's serve, let's do all that kind of stuff, but that's not how the church was born. The church was born through all-out devotion to the good news of Jesus. Men and women filled with love, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Helped by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 6 verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Are we willing to be sent? Are we willing to go? Are we willing to tell people about God's love? Are we willing to step out of the boat? Are we always just going to stay and no one's going to hear about Jesus? The only way this community will be changed is if we tell them about the love of God. The only way Kaitai will change is if we tell them about the love of the Father. That there's a God in heaven that loves them so much that he sent his only son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is our calling. We are called to go. We are not called to stay. We are called to preach. We are called to tell the world about this amazing God that we have. That's our calling. That's why we are lifted. That's why we're still here. We have an assignment to do. We have an assignment to fulfill. And I'm here to encourage you, church. God is waiting for you to tell your neighbors, to tell your family, to tell your friends. This time next year, this is a new year tomorrow. Make it your goal to tell at least one person, your family member, your friends, those who don't know Jesus, the local gas station, anybody, anyone, because they need to know the love of God. They won't know if we don't tell them. Whom shall go for us? Whom shall I send? Every answer we should say is, Here my Lord, send me. Here my Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Pastor Paul answered that call. Here my send me. I'll go to Qatar. I'll bless that community. I'll bless that city. 
should know the story about Pastor. He asked him, who wants to go to Qatar? Pastor Paul said, yes, straight away. Because there's a calling. He knows that Qatar needs salvation as well. Qatar needs God as well. So I encourage you, church, step out of these four walls. Reach the lost. Tell more people about God. Tell more people about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, there is eternity. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray for some people. I'm done preaching. But I want to pray for some people. You could have come here this morning, you don't know this, this God, you don't know the Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want to ask the question. If you were to die today, God forbid, but if you were to die today, do you know where you're going? There is life after death. There is a heaven, there is a hell. But do you know where you're going? The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. The only way to heaven is through his son Jesus. But first you must accept him as your Lord and Savior. Because the thing is, sin cannot enter heaven. God is such a holy God. Sin cannot enter into heaven. And so that's why Jesus died to wash away all of our sins, to take away all the punishment that we deserve, all the bad things that we have done. Jesus took that away upon himself. He said, I'll take all the punishment. I'll take the consequences of all their bad, of all their wrongs. Put it on me, God. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will have access into heaven, to the presence of God. You have eternity in heaven with him. Do you know where you're going? If I had any doubt in my heart, I would not leave this building until I got right with the Lord. If you want to give your life to the Lord and make him your Lord and Savior, and be forgiven of all your past, be forgiven of all your sins. Then I'll, all I want you to do is raise your hand. And I'll see and I'll acknowledge you to put it there. Anyone would like to give their life to the Lord, just raise your hand. Church, if you can pray. Is there anyone here who would like to give their life to the Lord? Have their name written in the book of life? Have the joy, the peace, the victory that you have you walk with the Lord. Is there anyone here? I don't want to drag this on because if the Holy Spirit talks, the Holy Spirit talks to you. Is there anyone here that would like to give their life to the Lord? Have their sins forgiven, washed away? Life right again with the Lord. Is there anyone this morning who would like to give their hearts to the Lord? New year, new start, a new beginning. Fresh start, clean slate. Give your life to the Lord.
your life right again. If you have any questions, we have a team that will answer all of them. But right now, I want to pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for, for your goodness, for your love, for your mercy, for your peace, for your truth. I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you, Lord, that your love is here. That you want to show this community your love, that you want to show this church your love. I pray, Lord, for your blessings to be upon this church, for your anointing to be upon this church. And this church be the center point of revival in this this city, Lord. May these people be the center point of your revival, Lord Father. Use the mighty, Lord Father, to reach the lost, reach those in need, Lord Father. Show love, show mercy, show grace to those around them, Lord Father. I pray you bless each and every single person in here. Father, I pray that you uh, use them mightily. Use them mightily. Convict their hearts to tell more people about you. Father, I pray you bless them. Holy Spirit, lead them. Holy Spirit, guide them to whoever is in their path, Lord Father. So I pray right now in Jesus' name, may they stand up with boldness, may they stand up with courage, may they be strong, Lord Father, for your word, may they stand firm, may they weep over those people, may they love them, may they tell them the truth, may they tell them the gospel. Father, I pray you bless them, anoint them, and I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray.